Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411. I still don't know what to call it. I like Baby Train. You I like, like Baby that. Train? Okay. So today we are discussing the parallel intermixing storylines of Dante and Lulu Maxi and Spinelli and Britt and how they all connect with it was started because when we talked about Ellie, you know, she brought up how Georgie is actually Spinelli's daughter. Right. And so that might confuse some people as to why did Dante and Lulu think that she was ever theirs. Mm -hmm. So we're going to tell you. And we are using General Hospital fandom. We are using like so many different. We're using the Dante and Lulu Britt Westbourne, Rocco Falconeri, and Georgie Spinelli sections. So we're going to start in 2013. No, 2012. 2012, yeah. Is when... Oh, that's why I remember this stuff like it was yesterday, because that was right when I ride Madeline. So I was oh, so you were pregnant at the same time. Snuggling a Madeline. Mm-hmm. And... Snuggling a Madeline. Snuggling a Madeline and didn't really have anything else to do other than snuggle a Madeline and watch GH. So we talked a little bit about how Olivia had been laced with LSD from Heather Weber. Mm-hmm. And Olivia began to hallucinate that Lulu was heavily pregnant, even though she was not. And afterwards, Dante and Lulu got home and they started to have a serious talk about their marriage. And they decided that everything is fine. Although Olivia had hallucinated that Lulu was heavily pregnant while at the hospital, Lulu became ill to the point of vomiting. And when Maxie saw Lulu vomit, she wondered if she might really be pregnant. So she told Lulu to take a pregnancy test and the results actually came back positive. And Dante finds the test, but assumes that it's Maxie's. And then he's shocked to find out that it's Lulu, not Maxie's, and that they're pregnant. He tells her how happy he is and made sure that she doesn't have any reservations, which she doesn't. 
And then the next morning, they wake up and discuss the baby and decide to keep it between them until they know more. After they talk, Lulu makes an OB appointment for later that day. At the appointment, the doctor tells her that she's not pregnant. And the couple's disappointed by the false alarm because it only made them realize how much they wanted the family together. And they decided to try for a baby right away, but they have problems conceiving. And then they eventually find out that Lulu can't carry a baby to term. And so they decide to look into the adoption route. But then Lulu lied on the application because she had had an abortion as a teenager. And apparently, was it that it was the lie that got her blacklisted, Mm -hmm. not the abortion? Right. But the adoption agency, I forget how they found out about it. And I didn't dig into that for this, but they find them and they've been blacklisted blacklisted on the national database because they lied on their adoption application. Right. So then Dante and Lulu start interviewing potential surrogate mothers and they can't find the right one. Maxie agrees to be the surrogate and is impregnated with Dante and Lulu's baby. During the Christmas episode, Maxie calls Spinelli to entertain her while on bed rest. Spinelli says that he needs to leave, but Maxie has cramps. Spinelli and Maxie go to the hospital where Maxie finds out she's pregnant. Dante, Lulu, and Olivia show up after to find out and are excited to find out that Maxie is pregnant. A few weeks later, Maxie miscarries the baby. I feel like that wasn't, it was just a week later, right? Because that was the whole New Year's. Right, it was New Year's, yeah. So she found out on Christmas and then miscarried on New Year's? I guess. That was really close together. Um, Maxie and Spinelli have sex, and Maxie becomes pregnant again with Spinelli's baby. Maxie decides not to tell Dante and Lulu and pass her child with Spinelli off as Dante and Lulu's child. Lulu tries to get Maxie to tell her what's going on, but Dante and several other obstacles have pressured her to stop worrying or derailed her attempts at finding out. Now Dr. Britt Westbourne has Maxie blackmailed into doing her evil bidding to keep Maxie's secret because that's who went and found out. That's who had done the ultrasound after the fact. Right. And realized that those dates did not match up. Yep. In late March, Lulu is kidnapped. How many times has Lulu been kidnapped? I feel like we read that every other day. Dante, Luke, Laura, and the police search for her. Nicholas returned to Port Charles and went to Dante and Lulu's to warn them when he was shot and falls into a coma. Luke and Laura find out that Helena Cassadine took the Haunted Star. Luke, Laura, and Dante go to find out where the ship was. Luke and Laura got on the ship first when they found Helena with her guards. Luke and Laura tell her that Lulu was kidnapped and Nicholas was shot. Helena was in shock that her grandson had been shot and she told them that she had nothing to do with the shooting. Dante got on the ship and saves Luke and Laura. Dante said if Helena does not tell him where Lulu was, he was going to kill her. That would have been good. Dante (laughs) said that someone was downstairs in one of the rooms. Luke and Laura went into the rooms and found Luke's son, Ethan. Oh, I miss Ethan again. We just talked about him. I was going to say he was just back. And this does all fall into why the pregnancy thing. So don't think that we're just taking you on this fun adventure. It does make sense. (laughs) Ethan told them that he was living at Lucky's house in Ireland but Lucky had moved to Africa, which was so weird also. He tells them Helena wanted Lucky, but he wasn't there, so they took him instead. Luke, Laura, and Ethan try to escape, but Helena finds them and recaptures them. Helena tells Laura that if she wants to save Lulu, she would have to kill Luke. Laura refuses, so she hands the gun to Luke, and kill- he kills Helena's guard before shooting and killing Helena. More guards were coming, so Ethan left Luke and Laura to take on the guards. I really miss Ethan, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He would be a good character now that Lulu's in the coma yeah. to come and kind of like make sure everything's being okay. Right. He could have helped Dante take down Peter. So then Luke and Laura woke up on Cassadine Island and were shocked to see Stavros Cassadine. Stavros told them that he has Lulu and that she was on ice. 
<laughs> Dante found a way to get on the island, and Dante found Lulu now being played by Emmy Rylan. She was frozen in an ice chamber. Dante hit an alarm, and Stavros ran downstairs. Luke and Laura ran after him, while Dante brought Lulu out of the chamber and laid her down the table. Luke, Laura, and Dante think that Lulu was dead, so enraged Laura pushed Stavros into the ice chamber and locked him in. He was frozen to death. <laughs> but at the same time, how was he frozen to death if he just had Lulu frozen in there alive? Maybe they changed the settings. Maybe. It was a little more cold for him. I can't remember that, but yes, <laughs> that sounds good. Lulu woke up but didn't remember Dante or her parents. A couple months later, Lulu started having flashbacks of her time with Stavros. Dante took Lulu back to her, their apartment, and she tells Dante that she and Stavros got married on the Haunted Star. Stavros told Lulu to sleep with him, but she refused, so Stavros had Nicholas shot. After Lulu told Dante that she remembered, they reconnected and made love. Dante and Lulu still believed that Maxie was carrying their child. And then... While all of this was going on, in March 2013, we learned that Britt and Obrecht are mother and daughter. And then at that year's nurses ball, Britt took the stage and revealed that she was pregnant with Patrick's child. And Britt had told Patrick that she was going to have an abortion. And she and Patrick went to the abortion clinic where he convinced her not to have an abortion, even though she never intended on getting one in the first place. Those were good scenes. Those were good Felix and Sabrina scenes because yes. Britt was faking all kinds of stuff with this pregnancy, yep. trying to get Patrick's attention. And Felix totally called her out to Sabrina. And then Sabrina was stuck because how can I tell my boyfriend that his baby mama is lying to him and not look like I'm just being a petty jerk? Right. Britt then schemed and claims that she has severe morning sickness, the hypermesoscavidaria, whatever. So that really bad morning sickness. But that's what Kate Middleton had. Mm -hmm. So that's why Britt had it because she's a duchess. <laughs> when the tests are done, it is revealed that she does in fact have this. It's learned that Britt's new friend and lab technician, Brad Cooper, of changed course. the results for her. Of course. Due to the sickness, Britt is put on bed rest and convinces Patrick to let her move in with him. However, Patrick eventually gets smart and realizes that Britt can't stay with him. Sabrina offers to move Britt in with her, to which Patrick reluctantly agrees. And later, so does Britt, but she has no other option. Then Britt starts bonding with Nicholas Cassidyne, who helps her deal with Patrick not loving her, and they go into all of that. So there were good scenes of them talking about Britt's mom, too. And it was funny because we had just talked about Ellie. So that was whenever Ellie and Spinelli were together mm -hmm. and they were at the, they were doing karaoke and mm -hmm. uh, she was like, Oh, Britt has a mom. I kind of thought she was just hatched. And they were all like, yeah, she's so awful. Blah, blah, blah. Britt really played that time. Well, though she did. You like hated her, but you hated her because she played it so well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Those were really fun scenes. Not that you should manipulate your baby daddy, but right. Really, really good. Well, Britt and Maxie were pregnant at the same time because that was the other thing mm -hmm. was Sabrina was friends with all of them right. and wanted to be part of all the Maxie stuff. And then Patrick ended up missing half of the things that were going on because conveniently that would be whenever Britt was having some type of emergency. Exactly. So I, I like wanted to watch hours and hours of it. I just <laughs> caught it for a couple of minutes to refresh my memory. But as I started watching, I thought I could sit here all day. I miss Sabrina and Felix was so fun back then was they, he has so much personality for him to be the way that he is now right they definitely don't use him enough so georgie was born on screen august 21st 2013 by emergency c-section to dante falconeri and lulu spencer 
During her parents' wedding reception, Maxie's water breaks, so Maxie, Lulu, and her parents go to the hospital where they are joined by Dante, who called the prospective grandparents. How funny is it that Felicia had Sister Georgie at a wedding reception? Oh, yeah. I just thought about that. Good job connecting those dots. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. I did not realize that until now either. I didn't know. When Maxie starts having really painful contractions, she asks for Spinelli, saying that he should be there, which confuses Dante and Lulu, so she tells them she must be confused because she's tired. As Maxie continues to labor, the baby starts having heart decelerations, and Maxie thinks that she gave the baby a bad heart, but Lulu reassures her that the heart condition has nothing to do with the baby because she is not biologically hers. Uh-oh. Yeah. It turns out that her heart is fine, but the umbilical cord is wrapped around her neck, so the doctor is going to monitor the baby closely. Later on, Spinelli shows up to support Maxie during her labor. Soon after, the monitors start going off, and it is revealed that the baby isn't getting enough oxygen, so they have to deliver her right away by emergency C-section. Maxie says she needs to tell Spinelli something about the baby before they go, but the doctor said they can't wait, so she doesn't get the chance to tell him. They perform an emergency C-section with Lulu in the operating room while Dante and Spinelli watch from the gallery. When the baby is born, she lets out a loud and strong cry. (laughs) Lulu holds Maxie's hand while she cuts the cord and the baby is taken away. Afterwards, she gets to meet her parents and grandparents, in air quotes, while her biological mother, Maxie, starts hemorrhaging, but the bleeding is stopped and Maxie lives. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Ellie Trout is telling her biological father, Spinelli, that sentence sounds weird because it makes it sound like it's Ellie's biological father, tells Spinelli. We're reading the section about, yes, yeah. Yes, but it's just the way that it says it. That's funny. Ellie tells Spinelli the truth about Georgie's parentage. Later on, when Lulu suggests she and Dante name their daughter Jacqueline, Dante says it sounds too much like Spinelli because he's called the Jackal. Okay, for a second there, I was like, what? Maxie tries like, to breastfeed. Like, that's not how rhyming works. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, <laughs> those don't sound the same. Maxie tries to breastfeed the baby, but Spinelli stops her and comforts her about keeping the baby's real parent, confronts her, I'm sorry, about keeping the baby's real parents a secret. When Dante and Lulu find out what Maxie tried to do, they threaten to ban her from their daughter's life, but Maxie says they can't, and in the end, they don't. Dante and Lulu decide to name the baby Connie in memory of Dante's late cousin and Lulu's former boss, Connie Falconeri. I did not like that name. Dante and Lulu take her home and have a rough couple of nights because Connie wants her biological mom. Maxie, but they eventually do calm her down. On September 27th, she was baptized as Costanza Louise Falconeri with Maxie and Spinelli as the godparents. Wow. And Spinelli knew at this point, and he was kind of on board with Maxie saying, which is crazy, but go ahead. But I think that he knew he was trying to do what Maxie wanted. After the baptism, Brad Cooper comes in and tells Dante and Lulu that, quote, Connie is really Maxie and Spinelli's daughter. Before things go any further, Lulu has Olivia take Connie home. Afterwards, Maxie and Spinelli deny that Brad's statement is true, and Lulu believes them, but Dante doesn't. He starts to interrogate them, and Lulu finally figures out by remembering that Maxie has repeatedly tried telling her something about the baby, and then Maxie's trying to bond with the unborn baby, or Maxie's bonding with the unborn baby, that what Brad says is true. Dante and Lulu have a heated confrontation with Maxie and Spinelli, ending with Lulu slapping Maxie and leaving the church with Dante. 
Back at the loft, Lulu tells Dante that regardless of the truth, she wants to fight to keep Connie. And at the same time, Maxie and Spinelli decide that they want their daughter back. Dante and Lulu call and ask Spinelli and Maxie to come over so they can talk about Connie. Okay. And then in parentheses, it says, <laughs> Spixie thought that Lante were going to give them back their baby, which we understand are their ship names. But I feel like in this context, <laughs> right. huh? maybe, maybe we don't do that. <laughs> When they get there, they find out that Dante and Lulu had invited them over to sign adoption papers, but Spinelli and Maxie tell them they won't because they want Connie, but Lulu says that she will only give them the baby over her dead body. Spinelli and Maxie are so floored that Maxie flows, throws the adoption papers on the table and they leave, and thus begins a very nasty custody battle. The custody battle started on November 13th, 2013 with Alexis Davis representing Dante and Lulu and Diane Miller representing Spinelli and Maxie. It surprises me that Diane could get them custody back so easily. Not that they shouldn't have, but but then she couldn't have won the case for Maxie to have some type of better meditation. I know that it was Maxie against Spinelli, but still, I feel like Spinelli didn't want that harsh of a sentence either. True. So then while all of this is happening, we're back to Britt, who we find out that Patrick is not the dad and didn't they didn't do a good job i hate saying that they didn't do a good job because i didn't do it either but she said that it was brad's yeah on pat on august 30th patrick threatens to sue for full custody of their son because of her mother obrecht Britt reveals that he is not the father and claims that brad cooper is the father via sperm donation which was such a crazy story because Brad would not have done that. Right. But Obrecht was really making Brit more crazy. Well, because she this was, was all ready. Obrecht's idea. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. This was not Brit's idea. Obrecht had her do this. And I don't think she knew all of the details. Mm-hmm. I knew. I mean, she knew that it was not Patrick's, but. Right. Right. I don't think that she knew in the beginning that it was Maxie's last or not Maxie's, Lulu's last egg. Mm-hmm. And like you were taking away their chance to have a baby because of all of the stuff with Maxie. She knew that baby wasn't hers. I don't think that in the beginning she realized, I think she found out after the fact and that's where they kind of like blackmailed each other of I'll keep mm-hmm. your secret, whatever. No, this was right whenever Obrecht was coming back in. And so people were trying to figure out who she was and what she had done wrong. And she would secretly meet with Brit and say, you have to keep going. Tell him this, do this. Because they had a party for Maxie, like a baby shower, but thank you for having my baby kind of shower. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that Patrick was supposed to show up to. And Britt had just talked to Obrecht. And so she started having cramps and they did the ultrasound and she conveniently like swooshied the thing over and was like, Oh, look, it's a boy. And then that like bonded them together. Even though he already had a girl. And so blah, blah, blah. And then um, Sabrina walked in and was like, what's going on? And she admitted to him then that she had lied about the morning sickness and changed those results and that she had lied about something else. Oh, that she wasn't going to do the abortion. She Mm. never had any attention about the abortion. And so that made him trust her more. And they made this pact that they were going to co-parent together no matter what, blah, 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 blah. So not that Britt couldn't have said no, but Obrecht really pushed that very bad idea. Right. So Britt winds up, she wound up living with Nicholas at Windermere. Right. Because she couldn't stay with Sabrina anymore. Right. But then she, Sabrina came over to talk to her and the two of them were fighting. And that's when Britt goes into labor and has the baby boy with Nicholas's help. And she named him Ben because it was someone in med school's name and she just liked it or whatever. Britt soon realizes that he's sick and he needs to get to the hospital because his lungs are filled with fluid. So Sabrina ends up take, having to take him. And Britt's son manages to survive with the help of Dr. Silas Clay. 
aka Michael Easton's role number five. He was Silas before he was Finn, right? There was nobody in between. We need to go back and listen to our own episode about that. <laughs> He's played a few different characters. Go back and listen to the six personalities of Michael Easton. At some point we did it. So then Britt tries to find some other place to stay other than Windermere. And she winds up bringing him back. It was really sweet of Nicholas to open Nicholas up his home. Nicholas was very nice. Yeah. They were very nice. But then when Nicholas leaves for the christening of his niece, um, a.k.a. Connie. Yep. Britt found Liesel in Windermere with Ben and Dr. Obrecht thinks that Britt is trying to make Patrick jealous by staying with Nicholas. And Britt informs her that Patrick is not part of her life anymore because she told him the truth about Ben. Liesel is not happy about this at all. Britt tells her to leave or she'll call the police. And Liesel doesn't think she'll do it. But Britt says that she won't have to because Nicholas will be home soon and will discover, discover Liesel there. Soon after, Nicholas comes back and finds Britt unconscious and Ben gone. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Britt becomes overwrought with worry when she realizes that her mother took her, again, air quotes, son. Though Nicholas gets Anna involved, she leaves in the midst of the investigation to go to Switzerland. Britt, meanwhile, is worried about her son. Well, obviously. Nicholas asks Britt why Dr. Obrecht would take her son, and Britt figures out that she took him to Faison and admits to Nicholas that Faison is her father. Dun, dun, dun. She receives a video message from her mother soon after, Dr. Obrecht with Ben, claiming they'll be a happy family soon. Nicholas sees the video and recognizes where Dr. Obrecht is, his family estate on Cassadine Island. Who sends a ransom video from the same place? Like, although that place is big enough. But I feel like you should know. Maybe Britt wouldn't know, but Nicholas would know. Mm -hmm. If I took a video somewhere in your house, you would know. True. Soon after, Brad, nope. Soon after, Britt and Nicholas board a plane and head to Athens. Once they land, Nick calls Anna and tells her that Obrecht is on Cassadine Island. I wasn't thinking. I was thinking of Windermere. And that's not on Cassadine Island. That's on Spoon Island. Right. But either way. Sorry. still knows. Yes. Um, despite Anna's warning to stay off the island, Nicholas and Britt still charter a boat. When they arrive, they learn from the guards that Obrecht and Jerry Jacks. Oh, man, I miss Jerry Jacks. All the families are involved in this. <laughs> are currently residing on the island. Nicholas heads off to confront Jerry and warns Britt to stay put. But soon after, she became restless, of course she did, and headed off in search of Ben. She ran into her mother and demanded to know where her son was. Obrecht told Britt that Ben was upstairs and tried to warn her of something else, but Britt pushes her away. Obrecht fell, hitting her head on the coffee table and becomes unconscious. That was so good. I remember that. Britt did have really good mom instincts. Yes. She was a good mom. It just wasn't her baby, yes. unfortunately. Exactly. Dante should be happy that she took such good care uh, of him. Right. Britt hurries upstairs and finds her son in the arms of her father, Faison. Faison claims he's going to raise Ben as his heir, but Britt claims that Ben isn't even her son, therefore not related to Faison either. Faison thinks she's lying and threatens her, but Nicholas shows up and helps her out. Soon after, Britt finds out that Robin is alive. Oh, jeez. Having <laughs> been held hostage by Britt's parents. I forgot this, like, all time. I together. know. Faison and Obrecht corner the three of them with Ben and hold them at gunpoint. Then Jerry shows up and reveals that he's holding Robin's parents, Anna and Robert Scorpio, and will only let them go if Robin creates a cure for his, I can't say it. Polonium. Thank you. I know it because I know them saying it, but I like when I go to read it, I was going to mess it up. For his polonium poisoning. Nicholas and Britt say they have to go back to Port Charles or people will become suspicious. 
Jerry agrees, but has Faison and Obrecht watch them and Robin to make sure they don't turn against him. It really did have everyone involved. It did. So then we go back. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying. Like, it's definitely, it's a little bit all. I mean, they were happening at the same time. So exactly. Yeah. You have to jump back and forth. So then back in the courtroom in November, 2019, the 13. Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> in 2013, <laughs> the Falconaries lose custody and the George Award judge awards full custody and parental rights to her biological father, Spinelli. I love how it just says Spinelli and not Damien Spinelli. Right. Her biological mother, Maxie, is deemed unfit and therefore denied visitation and is not allowed near Connie for a period of six months, at which point the possible the possibility of visitation can be revisited. Spinelli and Connie moved in with his friend Sam Morgan and her son, Danny Morgan, so they could keep the terms of the judge ruling. Initially, Maxie had a hard time staying away from her daughter and even tried to see Connie, but Spinelli refused to let her out of fear that if they got caught, they would both lose custody of their daughter. Devastated over not being able to see her daughter, Maxie attempted suicide with some pills, but was stopped by her thought-to-be-dead cousin, Robin Scorpio Drake, who convinced her that she was strong enough to withstand the next six months and be a, and be better for her daughter. Shortly after, Spinelli's girlfriend, Ellie, received a job offer from a hospital in Portland, Oregon. They were both adamantly against taking the job because neither wanted to take Connie that far away from Maxie. See, and that's sweet too. Mm -hmm. And that really was. Ellie was taking them all into consideration. Mm -hmm. But Maxie encouraged Ellie to take the job and told Spinelli that she wanted him and the baby to move to Portland with Ellie. Maxie explained that she wanted them to make the move because it would be easier to stick to the judge's ruling if her daughter was 3,000 miles away and not just across town. And we talked about that last week that they did go to Portland. And Lulu was mad at Dante for them losing custody because she lied about something on the stand and he told the truth Mm -hmm. because he didn't back her up when she lied on the stand about attempting to kidnap Connie. So it causes a fun strain in the four friends relationship and Dante and Lulu eventually reconcile and they decide that they wanted to try for another baby. They head back to the GH lab to check on their two remaining embryos and learn from lab tech. Ellie, I forgot that she was part of that. Like Mm -hmm. I knew she was in, that she worked there, but I forgot she was the one that had to tell them. They really got this all connected. That both of her embryos were missing. They're devastated at the news, but determined to get to the bottom of what happened and find their embryos. Ellie suggests that they talk to Dr. Westbourne, who was Maxie's attending physician during the surrogacy. They try to contact Britt, but cannot reach her. So instead, they take their concern to lab manager Brad Cooper, who I'm sure is very helpful. He assures them that he will get to the bottom of things. It was later revealed through a conversation between Britt and her mother, Obrecht, that the two of them stole Lulu and Dante's (gasps) two remaining embryos. Oh, see, I didn't think they took both of them. I thought there was only one left, and that was what they took. Two remaining embryos and used them to impregnate Britt. Brad, who had also been in on the secret, met Britt at Windermere to warn her that Lulu and Dante just found out that their embryos were missing, and it wouldn't be much longer until they figure out that Ben is their son and that Britt has him. On Christmas Day, Lulu invites Nicholas to spend the holiday with her and Dante, and he brings Britt and Ben with them to the Falconary's loft. Dante meets his son for the first time, and Dante and Lulu are able to bond with Ben while still unaware that he is their biological child. Yeah, I don't like that they just said met his son for the first time. Because, I mean, yes, technically that is the truth. But they didn't know. No, it was his nephew. Right. Or not his nephew. But if it's his nephew. It's his wife's but it brothers. Was, but it wasn't oh, his yeah. Son. If Britt and Nicholas would have okay, been married. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Nephew, but it was like That's accident. a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Dante and Lulu decide that they want to start the process of in vitro again. At the hospital, before they start the process, Dante and Lulu spend time with their son. Did they still didn't know was their son? With Ben. Yes, with Ben. On New Year's Eve, Britt does an ultrasound on Lulu and tells the couple that Lulu's eggs are no longer viable. Lulu and Dante are devastated, and because of everything that has happened and her blaming Dante for losing the baby, she ends up leaving him and doesn't know when she will be back. That was so sad for her. Mm-hmm. That was really devastating. It was. To and find out that she couldn't, they'd already harvested these eggs, now they're gone, and then to go back and she doesn't have any more. That was sad. Yeah. Poor Lulu. Lulu moves in with her cousin Carly and talks to her dad about the separation from Dante. Dante goes back to work and begins to bury himself in work to keep from thinking about his marital problems. At the PCPD, he meets his new partner, Detective Nathan West. Yay! Hmm. Eventually, Dante and Lulu decide to work things out. They also learn that Ben is Dante's son. While at Britt and Nicholas's engagement party, Elizabeth Weber shows Lulu a letter that Britt wrote revealing that Ben is Lulu's son, not hers. Lulu confronts Britt about Lulu confronts Britt at her and Nicholas's engagement party, and Britt finally admits the truth about Ben's full parentage. Later on, Obrecht holds a dagger on Dante and Lulu and kidnaps Ben. She then holds him and Elizabeth hostage at the Weber house. Dante rescues Ben and finally reunites him with his mother, Lulu. When Dante and Lulu bring their son home, they rename him Rocco, which was the name of the dog in... Olivia's hallucination. Ben was so much better, but go ahead. The next morning, Dante and Lulu wake up with Rocco in bed with them and then discuss what Obrecht said about having their embryo. So you're right. There was one left. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't think they used both. Later that day, they go to see Obrecht and find out what she wants. Oh, this is how we get Charlotte. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. That doesn't track though, because Charlotte's older Older. than Rocco. Okay. Later that day, they go to see Obrecht and find out that she wants the charges against her and her daughter to be dropped and full, full immunity in exchange for their embryo. Dante tries to convince Scott to drop the charges while Lulu tries the same with Nicholas and Elizabeth. After all the parties are on board, Dante and Lulu tell Obrecht that she's going to get her deal and she sends them to Kelly's to get their embryo from Victor Cassidine, right? Mm -hmm. On May 15th, Anna tells Dante and Lulu that the embryo they got from Victor was in fact theirs. After she leaves, how would Anna know? I don't know. She's not a doctor. <laughs> Reading this stuff after, and I'm sure in context it made sense that, like, you know, she verified it through the WSB and blah, 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 blah. But just that sentence by itself does not make sense. After she leaves, Dante and Lulu discuss their options about having another child, and Lulu suggests that she carry their child. She goes on to explain that the doctor never said that was impossible for her to carry a child just unlikely. When Dante gets called away, they decide to table the discussion, but Lulu makes an appointment anyway. Of course she does. Mm -hmm. It's Lulu. On May 27th, Dante meets Lulu and Rocco at Kelly's, where she tells him that she had set up a fertility appointment and they decide to go together. On June 11th, Dante and Lulu go to the fertility appointment where they find out that Lulu may have been misdiagnosed. She may have a separate, a septate uterus, which can be corrected with a simple procedure instead of a bicorneate, bicorneate? That sounds right. Okay. Uterus. After the appointment, they decide to think on it for a while. And the next day, after talking with Olivia, Lulu tells Dante that if he's on board, so is she. I mean, she's the one that has to go through the surgery. So I feel like if she's not on board, we're going to have an issue. On July 1st, Dr. Chu performs a procedure on Lulu to determine if she has a septate or biocormate uterus. Sorry if I'm butchering those. I know. I'm a medical person. After the procedure, she shared with Lulu, Dante, and Olivia that it was just how they had hoped 
Lulu had a septate uterus and Dr. Chu was able to repair it. Dr. Chu then tells them that after she heals, Lulu will be able to have a successful pregnancy and carry the embryo to term, much to the elation of Dante, Lulu, and Olivia. The next day, Dante and Lulu go to the floating rib with Olivia and Rocco and discuss when they are going to have another child. Yeah, because I feel like you don't need them right on top of each other. Craziness. A few days later, some of us have no problem <laughs> having them that are close. That's just too much work. I'm sorry. To so each their own, but... But you get out of it, like, at the same time. But then aren't you sad that there's no babies around? I'm devastated that Madeline's as old as she is. I would have another baby tomorrow. Anyway, that's... <laughs> Later on, Dante and Lulu attend Maxie's wedding, where Lulu is the matron of honor. Wow, they really have come full circle there. Mm -hmm. Dante leaves Lulu to go look around, and he finds Nathan tied up. While untying Nathan, he finds out that Levi is a con man. Oh, man. I hated Levi. When Dante and Nathan go to confront Levi, he pulls a gun on Maxie, while his accomplice, Jeffrey Scribner, pulls a gun on Lulu. Dante tries to reason with the men, and he also has to put down his gun so nothing happens to Lulu. Later on, Levi and his accomplice kidnap Lulu along with Maxie. Dante frantically looks for Lulu, but when divers find Maxie's veil in the water, he fears that he may be too late. Meanwhile, Lulu is alive and well, causing havoc for Levi and Scribner. Later on, Dante talks to Sunny and finds out that Coleman may be involved, while Lulu causes even more problems for Levi and Scribner. All right, so we don't really have to get into all the stuff with Levi, but that's such a poor choice. He, he causes a he causes a ruckus. Okay, so they find out later on that Dante and Lulu find out that Stavros knew that by putting her in the cryogenic chamber, she could have ended up infertile. So he took one of her eggs and fertilized it with his sperm and plans on implanting her with it so that they can have a child. Dante and Lulu do everything to stall Stavros from implanting her with the embryo. They tell him that she can't carry a baby to term, but Stavros says he knows that Lulu got the procedure done to correct that. They throw insults at Stavros and they throw insults at Stavros and then he says that Lulu will have his child. Stavros is about to take Lulu to get started on the implantation, but Dante brings up everything Maxie had to go through to be implanted and implanted with their embryos and all of the hormone shots she had to have for weeks because of this. Because of this, Stavros has to delay his plan. I feel like he would have known that, but makes it clear that they are just stalling the inevitable and that Lulu will have his child. Oh, so he made it out of the cryogenic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He came back to life, guys. That's good to know that you can just freeze people and thaw them (laughs) with no problems. After Stavros leaves, Dante and Lulu discuss the possibility that he might be lying and pray that he is but she says that it doesn't matter because he's going to take her away from Dante. He promises that he will do whatever he has to do to make sure that Stavros never hurts her again. All right. So then Lulu is seen trying to get the get out of her cuffs, but Dante tells her that to stop because she's just going to hurt herself, you know, because Stavros actually tied her up. <laughs> it wasn't just zip ties. Nope. He tells her to calm down, but she says that she can't. They talk about the fact that Stavros is the reason why she can't produce any more eggs no, that's biology. Women are born with the number of eggs that they have. Did she not have any more eggs or were they just not viable because of her being frozen? I don't know. Because they just said the... But this says can't produce... All right, we're not even going to go there. All right, so they basically talk about how what he did like with freezing her and thawing her and all that stuff <laughs> might have <laughs> ruined their chances of getting pregnant again. Dante reassures her that she will not be implanted with Stavros's embryo. 
They talk, they talk about, and maybe they talk about maybe having discouraged him. Dante tells Lulu that he is not going to let it happen. And she says that she loves that he is trying to protect her, but doesn't see how he can. And they're both tied up at this point. Mm -hmm. Dante tries to get out of his cuff, but Lulu begs him not to because he's just going to hurt himself. (laughs) Aww. Later on, Stavros comes back and tells them that Lulu is going to get the hormone shot. And he threatens to shoot Dante in the head if Lulu Lulu doesn't get it. She agrees much to Dante's protests. And then when the shot is done, Stavros says that she is coming with him. She's dragged off kicking and screaming. She winds up passing out because of the shot. And then Anna shows up and, you know, gets... Dante free and everything. Lulu is passed out on the table because she's about ready to be put under general anesthesia and she bites Stavros. Lulu gets up, starts calling for Dante. Stavros put the scalpel to Lulu's neck and threatens to slit her throat. Dante puts the gun down and kicks it over to Stavros, which distracts, distracts him. And then Lulu being awesome Lulu that she used to be <laughs> gives the chance is given the chance to elbow him and get free but not without getting cut with a scalpel. Yeah, battle wounds. Dante starts fighting with Stavros while Lulu fights with Dr. Young. I forget who that person is. It was Stavros' doctor, right? Right, he's going to help with the implantation. Stavros gets the upper hand and threatens to shoot Dante, but Lulu throws herself in front of him, saying if Stavros wants to kill Dante, he will have to kill her first. Lulu says she believes Stavros won't kill her because he will wa- he wants her to carry his child, but Stavros says that with surrogacy, anyone can carry the baby. So he decides to shoot anyway. <laughs> Luckily, Dante is able to push Lulu out of the way. He and Stavros start fighting again, and it is revealed that Dante shoots and kills Stavros. And so that was really it. I mean, they they got off the island. They Did they say what happened to that embryo, or did it just... It must have blown up. Right. Or the Petri dish just fell on the ground. But Dante and Lulu are reunited with their family members, Nicholas, Olivia, and Rocco. They explain to Nicholas that Stavros was a part of it, but now he's dead. And basically, they just recover from it. And Lulu says that she just wants to enjoy it being the three of them. So they agree to wait to have another child. The next morning, Dante and Lulu discuss how happy they are to be home and they make love. And I believe that was it. Yeah, I think so. There was no more babies after that. So that's it. That's that's all the craziness of, I like how we just ended that. They made love. Right. Perfect ending. Yeah. And then you just see the screen go black and it, <laughs> the scripty scroll. The end. Perfect. They fought so hard to be parents. Mm-hmm. And then we find out, I forget when we found out that we had Charlotte, but she was born in 2009. Did Lulu go missing that year? No, that's when she just first started dating. So how did they even get her? Okay, yeah, we're just going to have to... <laughs> See, I'm not confused because I just don't remember. I don't think they ever made it loopy altogether. Yeah. But that's okay. That could but, be for, for another another crazy baby story for another day. But so that is how Maxie was supposed to be carrying Dante and Lulu's baby and wound up With having her own. Her own but at the same time, they magically got one of their own thanks to Britt's scheming. Thanks to Dr. Obrecht's scheming. Well, that's true. That's true. Because Britt didn't know that it was their baby that Liesl implanted in them, in her. But she knew it was someone. They didn't talk about that. They knew it was someone. Well, of though. course, but she didn't know that it was Dante and Lulu's. She just knew that she was having a baby, was supposed to pretend that it was Patrick's. Right. And they were supposed to live happily ever after. Those were good after. scenes, though. That was Anyone? a really good... It was, a, it was really good. The way that everything intertwined and... Just the acting that was going on then was really good. Well, and you're watching Dante and Lulu go through this devastation 
But then at the same time, we're watching Brit do all her craziness, not mm-hmm. knowing that that's actually their child. So it's like they still get the right, still get the happy ending. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was so fun to watch, though. Mm-hmm. They need to do that again. I'm sorry. I mean, Wiley's adorable, and I love that we have him, but. That was such that a better, such a better whose baby is it story. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It was way more exciting. So we hope that this made sense and that it might answer some of your questions that you might have around the whole, why does Georgie live with Spinelli? Right. All right. So join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pier 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at pier54podcast at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.